Sports Talk 1110-993 WBT. Hour number two, Pete Callender here. That's Callender with a K. And uh, you can write me at Pete Callender. No, you can write me Pete at the Pete Callender Show. Uh, you can also call 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Remember, get the podcast available uh, on the WBT app, where you can also listen live. Um, but it's available on all podcasting platforms and the thepetecallendershow.com and on Twitter at Pete Callender, where some stuff has been going on. Some stuff and things, if you will. So yesterday, yesterday morning, I woke up, as I always do, got my coffee, fired up the computer, and started trolling Twitter. Um, <laughs> no, I, I start, you know, reading through different, I have different lists, I have accounts that I follow, I have a whole show prep, you know, a, a bookmark folder filled with all of these different sites that I go to, and I'm, and I'm always prepping, ABP, man, always be prepping. So I'm always prepping, but I, I've said before, like, I will, I'll create a, a topic and I just start putting a bunch of different articles or related items into that, into that issue. And sometimes I do it that day. Sometimes it just goes back burner. And sometimes I never even do it on the air because it just, it spoils. It, it becomes dated. So I don't talk about it on the air. And so yesterday I'm reading through and they were having the big fight up in Raleigh after a State Senate Committee, the Rules Committee, and I went over all of this in detail yesterday. So if you want the backstory, go get the podcast. It's free. It comes right to your smartphone or tablet, and uh, you can hear the backstory on it. And so I'm reading through the tweets, and I come across some uh, an activist who was speaking at the Rules Committee during the public comment portion, and says uh, this this person online. Her name is. Uh, Christy Puckett Williams, and she goes on to Twitter and she says, I got to speak to the rules committee. And then she says that this is how, uh, the North Carolina races, this is how they pass their racist stuff in North Carolina in the general assembly is, uh, the cloak of night. The first thing I thought was that's not the expression. It's either, it's like a cloak of darkness or invisibility, I guess, but or the darkness of night, and but I never heard cloak of night, but okay, whatever. I'm not going to nitpick on that. But then I looked at her tweet again, and it said that she just got done speaking at a public comment portion of this open meeting. So that's not, so that's not, you know, backroom deal. You're literally invited to speak at this open meeting to address the committee. And you did so prior to 7 p.m. because you said you just got done speaking and it's 7 o'clock. So you got to speak before 7, and all I suggest, I asked, I said, 7 o'clock is cloak of night? She then threatened to call me a racist and a homophobe and said I need to shut up and uh, move along is what she said, which I don't react well to that. I'm not going to shut up. It's literally my job to not shut up, and so I'm not going to shut up. And I also know that like the only reason that that approach works on anybody is because they allow it to work and I'm not going to allow it to work. So I told her I've covered government meetings for 20 years. 7 PM is not cloak of night. Most government meetings, like almost all of them usually run after 5 PM. It's not cloak of night. And I said, stop being stupid after she threatened to call me a racist. And then she made good on that threat and started calling me a racist and a homophobe. And then she then she went really off the rail. Well, then she said, I'm a lobbyist. 
And I know the General Assembly. And I said, yeah, I've been covering the General Assembly for 20 years also, so I know that they too go into the night. And 7 p.m. is not the cloak of night. They have meetings and open... I mean, yesterday the Senate gaveled into session at 4 o'clock. Well, they originally gaveled in at 9.30. They recessed so everybody could do their committees. And then they come back at 4. The General Assembly has all sorts of stuff happening at all hours of the day. Anyway, it's not cloak of night. That was the whole point. Of all the things to get so bent out of shape about, these people lost their mind. And who are these people? Well, it's Christy Puckett Williams. And apparently, like, one of her followers or friends, a guy who calls himself J4Change, who threatened to physically assault me over this. And he, he says he's justified in doing so because I'm white. That's what he said on Twitter. The tweets have now been taken down, as has a website where Christy Puckett was listed as a member of the, was it North Carolina uh, RED, like Racial Equity Discrimination and Criminal Justice Commission or something. The North State Journal did a story on this yesterday. The Carolina Journal did a story on this yesterday. And I got to tell you, I did not even think about this in one certain context. So, like, when Christy Puckett starts starts with her response to me, I, the first thing I do is I, I look to see, well, who is this person who is threatening to call me a racist and all this? Simply for pointing out that 7 p.m. is not cloak of night. This is not... I mean, unless you subscribe to the Smithsonian mentality that punctuality and telling time is somehow systemically racist or is uh, institutional white supremacy, I'm not sure exactly how me pointing out 7 p.m. is not cloak of night. Because if that's cloak of night, then Joe Biden is the biggest racisty racist of them all, right? He did his thing at 9 p.m. and he demanded everybody show up into the chamber at 9 p.m. He even got TV time for it. So I look up her profile on Twitter, and turns out she's the lobbyist for the North Carolina chapter of the ACLU. And she lists also this uh, affiliation with this um, with this other uh, organization. Oh, here it is. The North Carolina Commission on Racial and Ethnic Disparities. And I read through some of the people on that list yesterday. They have since taken down that page. The, the commission took down the page that listed all of the people on that body. And I read, I read their names. There are some pretty heavy hitters inside the judicial and uh, Democratic Party circles that are on that body. They took the page down yesterday, and um, she removed it from her profile. So somebody told her, take that off your Twitter profile. Or somebody pointed it out, or she made the decision herself, whatever. It came down. Came off her profile, page came down. I do appreciate the uh, Carolina Journal and the North State Journal both asking the ACLU chapter of North Carolina uh, for their opinion on this because she is listed and they went and confirmed she's the registered lobbyist for the North Carolina ACLU. And the stuff she said on her Twitter feed to me, homophobic, racist slurs. It doesn't... You're not going to offend me. I, 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 don't, I don't get offended. Being offended is something you choose to be, and I choose not to be offended by morons. It's very easy, actually. I mean, you have to have, you have, to have uh, you know, some level of sophistication in order to offend me. These things don't offend me. So you call me a racist and you assume that 
I'm going to, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't want to be called a racist, because they've trafficked in this for so long that the words don't have meaning any longer, right? They, they, they count on people not wanting to be labeled with such a terrible label that they just curl up and shut up, and they exit the conversation. And then the other, the person who used the, the slur, they then get to claim victory. And so all I did was kept going back to the very point of this is not the cloak of night. 7 p.m. is completely within the normal range of business meetings and government meetings. But rather than acknowledge this point, she then starts making demands of me to engage in what is because I don't know what her gender, I don't know how she identifies, right? So I don't know. She's saying for me to perform a sex act on her that I would only really think could be done if she has male anatomy. But then I ask her, why do you think making these slurs, these homophobic slurs, because that's what they are, like why do you think this is an insult to me? And that just sent her into orbit. And then, of course, you know, she's now attacking everybody on Twitter using the same kind of language. And then she recruits two of her friends on Twitter, two of her allies. They now go after uh, go after uh, other audience members, other followers of mine. And that's where this guy makes his threat against me, a physical violence threat. Um, and she's encouraging it. So this is, again, the ACLU's lobbyist encouraging first off not just the slurs which they defended by the way yesterday and i'm not here to get the woman fired i don't want to see her fired i I like the fact that she works for them you know why because if they'll defend her they'll defend anybody also they're not going to get anything passed in that legislature if that's their point person to lobby the lawmakers they're screwed so i'm okay with it i'm not trying to get her fired i'm not trying to cancel her i would point out though that your hand-waving away of this yesterday did lead to the escalation into the physical violence threat. That's what the ACLU has allowed to occur. Now, I wonder, is this, is this too far for them? I haven't heard any kind of follow-up yet. I'll tell you what the ACLU statement said, as well as the threat, in a moment. Yesterday, an ACLU North Carolina lobbyist named Christy Puckett-Williams made graphic, sexually harassing comments to conservative radio host me during a Twitter discussion. Well, it's at Pete Callender. This is the Carolina Journal story uh, by, uh, I think it's Dave Larson. It just says CJ Staff on this. I didn't write down. Um, During a Twitter discussion regarding NC Senate Bill 49, the Parents' Bill of Rights, Puckett Williams, Deputy Director of Engagement at the ACLU of North Carolina, tweeted at Kaliner criticizing his support of the bill and used more graphic directions for performing sex acts, which can be seen in the edited screenshots below. Carolina Journal reached out to the ACLU to inquire if Puckett Williams was still employed by them, which they confirmed. In a written statement, they stuck by her right to make the comments. They declined to issue any criticism of Puckett Williams or her comments. Here's what the ACLU of North Carolina said. Quote, Statements made by employees of the ACLU of North Carolina do not reflect the opinions or policies of our organization. 
We respect the right of everyone, including employees of ACLU of NC, to exercise the constitutional right to free speech as guaranteed by the First Amendment, which includes the right to express their views as individuals on their own personal social media platforms. Okay. So you could work for the ACLU and you can go on to the um you can go on to your social media account, your private personal account, and I guess you can say uh all sorts of uh KKK inspired things. Right? ACLU's got no problem with that. They've defended the uh, the clan. By the way, I'm fine with this standard. I'm fine with the standard. I said before, I, I, I'm not trying to get her fired. I'm not trying to get her canceled. No. We all now have the ability to decide whether or not we want to work with the ACLU of North Carolina on anything. This is because this is obviously what their position is when it's one of their employees uh, that makes homophobic and racist remarks towards uh, people on social media and has she's continuing to do it, by the way. It's been like 48 hours now. Oh, no, wait. It started yesterday. So 24. Oh, right, yeah. So it's. What, yeah. OK. Yeah. So it's now going on like 30 hours. Um, and she just keeps going. She's attacking everybody. She keeps saying the same stuff towards people. So they are obviously OK with this being their representative to the General Assembly as well as to the public. She is the deputy director of engagement. So that and they're fine with it now. I hadn't even considered this this angle of it. Like, I, I was simply pointing out that these are people of the left, ostensibly, who are constantly policing speech, right? Constantly trying to get people canceled. And this is the way they behave. This is the thing. These are the things they say that they would obviously cancel somebody else for doing. Using homosexuality as a slur would be a fireable offense. It would be a cancelable offense, right? If you were to do something like that, more than likely your employer would be like, yeah, no, you can't do that. You can't say, you know, all people of this certain um, race, creed, ethnicity, nationality, whatever, all people who are this thing are this way. You couldn't say that. You couldn't be putting that stuff out onto social media and your organization not have a problem with it. Obviously, one of the organizations had a problem with what she was doing because they took down their list with her on the uh, the board. So, Donald Bryson, president of the John Locke Foundation, he responded. He said, the ACLU's response is a great defense of the First Amendment, but no one is wondering if Congress should pass a law to stop these types of tweets. The question is whether or not the ACLU truly believes that a public advocate hired by them can say whatever they want to anyone at any time while representing the organization. It's bad lobbying, it's bad politics, and a bad look when that same person is attacking a bill about codifying rights for parents. Think about that. This is a woman who's trying to hide medical information from parents about their own kids. And we're supposed to believe that she has what's best in mind for those kids? This is a power player. That's all she's in this for. This is about power. Read her tweets. She says this. But here's another uh, another aspect that literally had not even crossed my mind until uh, I want. I keep saying I want to make sure because I, I I keep getting confused on the 
on this. Well, all right. I believe it's David Larson from uh, from the Carolina Journal. I've got it. Yeah, I always get confused. North State Journal. It doesn't matter. Um, so I feel bad because, like, we talked yesterday on the phone. So I guess it was Carolina Journal. Yeah, because you're right. Okay, Carolina Journal. Um, he then says to me, well, uh, did you feel like this was sexual harassment? And I said, oh, you know what? I hadn't even considered that. It never even crossed my mind. And I go over to Brooke Medina, who is the, uh, I think she's the communications director for uh, the John Locke Foundation, which the Carolina Journal is housed under the John Locke Foundation, conservative think tank. And she put out a tweet that said the ACLU statement to Carolina Journal suggests that they tolerate sexual harassment. This is unhealthy behavior at the very least, but at worst, shockingly irresponsible if you expect to speak with moral clarity on policies related to the safety of children. Some leftists then said that wasn't sexual harassment. They, the GOP obviously can't handle a strong black woman pushing back against their BS. That's what this, this uh, Twitter account said. It's not sexual harassment. And she responded literally with the definition of sexual harassment, which was behavior characterized by the making of unwelcome and inappropriate sexual remarks or physical advances in a workplace or other professional or social situation. So, yeah, I guess it was. I guess I am a victim of sexual harassment. Huh. It didn't even cross my mind, though. I'm literally shaking right now. Um, but it, it's just another example. As I mentioned yesterday with the way that she, the, the language she used and the attacks that she leveled and the way she tries to argue that she thinks is somehow powerful and convincing, which it's not at all. And then they were lamenting, where are all our liberal allies? They, one of them was asking this, uh, one of her and her uh, her uh, Twitter followers, they were like, where are all our liberal allies here, huh? Like, that should tell you something. If your liberal allies aren't even coming to defend you against me, you've, you've done something wrong. You messed up. It's it's indefensible. And that's what her tweets were. That's That was the language she was using, the imagery she was crafting. Oh, and by the way, She's been recognized by the state attorney general for her work in the decarceration movement. So it starts to make a little bit more sense now. They don't want, she and her, her followers, they're, they're anti-incarceration. They blame all of white people for black people being in jail while escalating the Twitter fight into a physical threat and then egging on the physical threat maker. Meanwhile, they want no jail time for people who commit violent acts. It's, do you see that? Do you see sort of the direction? <laughs> like, what do I? I talk about the culture of criminality. That's that's what she's advocating here. Would you like us all to return to that? Would you like that to be the standard operating procedure? I would not. But if if this is if this is the standard being offered, and I have no choice in the matter, okay. So in the discourse, if you can call it that, with the ACLU of North Carolina's lobbyist, Christy Puckett-Williams, where, again, all of this came just from a tweet where I said 7 p.m. is not the cloak of night. She called it the cloak of night. 
that they were trying to ram through stuff. It was 7 o'clock. It was an open meeting. She just spoke at it, and it's not cloak of night, and she got very upset about that, about being wrong about something. Um, and so then some of her Twitter followers, they you know, and this is what happens on social media, right? There's piling on and that sort of thing, and I have followers that piled on to her and to her other followers. I can't follow all of that stuff that happens. I can't see all of it. I I got 7,000 followers and and I follow I try to follow everybody back. So it's like drinking from a fire hose. So this whole thing starts happening. Um and there's one fella in particular. He goes by the name of Jay for change. And I've done a little bit of searching on him and I I've got a lead or two on who he actually is. Um, and he says that uh, I was exhibiting white privilege. That's what I was doing by saying 7 p.m. is not cloak of night. Because then she said, shut up, move along, or I'm going to call you a racist. And I said, well, I've covered meetings for 20 years. And again, like I just keep engaging with, on the topic at hand, which is the 7 p.m. So then he says, he, and then I said, stop. And so then she said, well, I'm in the legislature. I'm a lot, you know, I work over here. And I said, yeah, I've covered it too. This is not cloak of night. For the third time I say this, this is not cloak of night. And then I said, stop being stupid. Because now she's calling me a segregationist. So I said, stop being stupid. So he gets mad at this. So he says that he told a black woman to stop being stupid. And then he gets upset with her response. Okay, first off, I'm not upset at any of this. Like, does a dog get upset? with the ball that he's chasing? Does a cat get upset at the mouse that it's it's toying with? No. They, this is Twitter, sir. Anyway, uh, he then uses his privilege to respond and cry out like a victim that he isn't. Again, never claimed to be a victim here. I'm I'm not. I'm, I didn't even realize the sexual harassment thing. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't even dawn on me. Um, he says, clearly you don't believe that the privilege even you are operating in is real. Okay, so there... And so, I respond to him, this person, Jay for change. I said, I never got upset. She was, in fact, being stupid by claiming 7 p.m. was the cloak of night. I never claimed to be a victim, and she does have privilege. Or she has privilege. A man beha- a man behaving like she did would have met a different fate. Right? She's, she's allowed to say these things to people on Twitter that if I were to say these things in a role reversal, I would be fired. I would be in trouble. I would get piled on to. I would be the worst person in the world. He then says, hey, Pete, it's on site. Nothing more to be said. You know what that means? It's on site. It means physical violence. It means he's going to attack me without saying a word. If he sees me, he's going to attack me in some form or fashion. Don't know. And in gaming world, it, uh, the, it goes by the initials KOS. Whenever you're in like a multiplayer game and you're playing with other people, you call out a gamer tag of somebody that's in there and you say KOS. That means what? Kill on sight. You're letting everybody on the board know that if you come across this guy, for whatever reason, he's KOS. And then if people like you or they like the guy that you've targeted or whatever, then they can you know ally themselves however they would choose. So when he says this, it's on site. Nothing more to be said. The lobbyist for the ACLU responds, Oh my damn, I'm sure he don't know what that mean, but I'm sure he done bleeped around and will most likely find out. F-A-F-O, right? 
And then she has a rolling emoji laughing, crying, uh, uh, tears coming out, laughing so hard. So she's obviously encouraging this. And she says, oh, he doesn't know what that means. Why? Because I'm white. That's what she says later. So I don't know what this means. So I don't know what it means. And, um, but he's, but now he's going to find out. And this person said he will for sure find out. So that's the threat that the lobbyist for the ACLU has encouraged. By the way, the threat has now been deleted. Not sure if Twitter forced them to do that or not. But see, this is, this is what happens when the ACLU gives its, its person a pass without trying to say, like, okay, look. Because here's the other thing that came out yesterday. If you talk about being professional, because somebody said that to her yesterday, this isn't professional what you're doing. She said that's white supremacy. That, too, is also systemic racism, <laughs> professionalism, quote-unquote. She's a, she's a culturalist. She believes in cultural superiority, her culture. She says this, too, in her tweets. She says that, uh, that they have a better culture, black culture, I assume, that's she's, what she's talking about. This is how she communicates with these other people, and it is superior. She's a black supremacist. That's, that's obviously what she is, Right. And the reaction that we see out of the, out of her and this guy Jay for change, the reaction is indicative of them never being called the thing that they call everybody else, which was what? What what triggered this? She got called privileged because she is. She still is. Again, if I if I were to be encouraging violence against somebody on Twitter, do you know how fast I'd be fired? It's also just not a good thing to do, right? You just generally, that's not a, it's not nice. It's not a nice thing to do. Now, if you want to recreate a cultural norm, let's say, if everybody gets to run around and murder each other, I mean, that would be a different kind of world to live in, I assume. All right, let me go over here and get Carl on. Uh, hello, Carl. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. I just want to play devil's advocate. All right. And you use the example on the sexual harassment thing. Okay. Uh, let's just use this example and say that you feel that you have been sexually assaulted and now you want to press charges or whatever. And then we look into your at-home activities and you're going home and you're pulling up some streaming service and you're constantly watching some kind of show that's full of sexual innuendos or nudity or soft porn or even hard porn. Will you be allowed to pick and choose your uh, when it's uh, against you? Does that make sense? Are you're asking for the legal standard of when you feel like you've been harassed, sexually harassed? Right. Yeah. No. Right. Th- and right. This is what the this is what trials determine. This is what courts determine whether it meets a whether it meets a standard or not. Right. So, yeah. Because like you could also be dating somebody and then you break up and then things that they said to you in the past now no longer are cool or maybe somebody gets a promotion and you guys used to talk a certain way, but now they're a superior or you're the superior. Now it it doesn't sound the same because now you're, you know, you, you're their boss or something. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, just different standards would apply depending on the nature of the, uh, the, uh, the nature of the harassment, the nature of the other evidence that you were talking about and, you know, whether or not people believe that, uh, this person was harassing me by the definition of the law. 
I think. Yeah. Right. But if if you went online and looked up porn, yeah, and you're watching, that means I could never be harassed. Is that what you're saying? That that's kind of the angle I'm coming at. No, that's not true. That's justifiable. No, that's not. No, not at all. Okay. What what, what was the what was the uh, what what was the analogy you were trying to draw there? What's the uh, uh, well? The analogy is that a person can go and search this stuff out when it's convenient or on their time or just when they want it to be done in the dark of night or undercover. But when it's done, let's say in public, somebody says an off-color joke or insinuates something in the workplace, and they get offended. Right. Look, this, yeah, this, I mean, this is the same thing. This is what we've been talking about for years now, where people, uh, what was the, the, the uh, recent famous one was the, the, the kid in school. She sent some video around, and then some classmate of hers sat on the thing for like two years and then brought it out right before she, was, she got admitted to college, and then they, they kicked her out of the college right, for something she said two years ago on a video. I mean, that's the cancel culture, right? That's, th- th- that's the use of the social media. I'm not sure I'm following the uh, the analogy. Carl, I, I do appreciate the call. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So David Larson, reporter at the Carolina Journal, uh, he sent out a tweet talking about this threat against me, this physical threat against me by one of the ACLU lobbyists' Twitter followers, Twitter friends, whatever. Uh, a guy by the name of Jay for change. And um, I'm not sure that changes. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of change he's interested in. Anyway, um, David says, just to be clear, it's on site means once they see you, they will physically attack. Like kill on site, right? Attack on site. That's it's on site. That's what that means. And, the lobbyist for the ACLU encouraged that guy who said it. And so David Larson says, classy. The lobbyist, Christy Puckett-Williams, says, encouraged or translated? Yeah, I'd say encouraged. You absolutely did. And then somebody else chimes in. This is Freedom Fighter Dallas. And then their actual uh, Twitter handle is Reekin Royal. And this person says, no, on-site does not necessarily mean that you uncultured clown. That's what this, and she got Puerto Rico flag in her name, too. So I'm assuming, I, I don't know, they're friends with, I, I don't know, because they are all following each other over there. So anyway, she says, no, on-site does not necessarily mean that, you uncultured clown. So I thought this was interesting, uncultured you can hear how they use the language, right? This is why I say that they're espousing supremacy, cultural supremacy. This is what they're arguing. And so what David Larson then asks, well, not necessarily. Well, what else does it mean? I've only heard it to mean if I see you, there are no more words, just fighting, right? And by the way, according to the UrbanDictionary.com, that is exactly what it means. And as I mentioned earlier, gamers know what this means. And spoiler, I'm a gamer. Yeah, I've I've heard this before too. So anyway, he asks, what else does it mean? And here's her response. What what else could this possibly mean? And you know what she says? I'm apologize 
that your race of uncultured people always provoke violence or base our words off violence. This is a system my people is fighting hard to abolish. And then a little eye roll emoji. So I'm not really clear what she's saying here, but she is calling, I'm assuming, white people here uncultured and saying that we are provoking, white people are provoking violence or base our words off violence. So, or we're saying that by you saying these things, you're being violent, you're talking violently, um, and that's we're projecting that onto you. But the term is what it is. The term is what it is. Oh, and by the way, the tweets are now down. So I don't know how they came down. They may have gotten reported because that is definitely a violation of Twitter's terms of service. So maybe they got taken down by Twitter. Maybe this person took them down. Maybe the ACLU finally went to its lobbyist and said, hey, you know what? You might want to dial it back a little bit because you're now helping to incite and encourage violence. Or maybe they don't care. Maybe the ACLU does not care. That's possible, too. Like I said, I'm not here to get her fired. I'm not trying to get her fired. She's free to say whatever she wants. But I also might have a a suggestion. If the ACLU is finding it difficult in the state of North Carolina to advance any of its legislative priorities, I think I have an idea of why that might be the case. You might want to look at your lobbyist. She might not be the best person to advance your cause. But she's been an advocate for freeing violent prisoners. And she was celebrated by Governor Ray Cooper, who made her a speaker at a bill signing event, and she got the Dogwood Award from Attorney General Josh Stein. (laughs) 